Hello, this is Milepost Podcast. I'm Tommy Oladipo. The idea here is nothing fancy, just conversation. To hear from some individuals making waves and to find out about those key events on their journeys that shifted gears for them. First up is the singer-songwriter and West End actress Sharon Rose, who most recently starred in the Netflix Christmas film Jingle Jangle. We spoke in December 2020 here on Milepost. Sharon Rose, thank you for coming on to speak on the pod. It's good to get to speak thank to you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Congratulations on Jingle Jangle. We 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 thoroughly enjoyed watching that. Um it wasn't it wasn't I mean I I don't usually watch those kinds of films, but um you know, we put it on, we saw it on Netflix and decided to watch and it was it was so much fun to watch. Oh, um, I'm so glad. <laughs> it kicked off with with um the opening scene and there's the song this day which you perform it's it's yes. it's a happy song it's inspirational it's simply enjoyable what was that like so performing this day was just such a great experience because um because you're the opening number you know you get so much attention from from the cast and the crew and and everyone because they just they need this to be great because it's you know you're welcoming everyone into this this brand new world and what was great about the director is that he he wrote the uh, film too so he had his idea of what he wanted jingle jangle to be and i think to introduce this universe this brand new universe that no one has ever seen before essentially um to the world was just it was such an important thing for him so i think we got a lot of his time and a lot of his energy and um the cinematography in that scene too is just so beautiful to see like the camera work and and um every little thing so it was it's just been it was a great thing to be a part of yes and you played uh, mrs jangle i suppose what's what's her name again <laughs> and Joanne Jangle. Joanne Jangle, right. Okay. Really, I don't think anyone really mentions her name. I'm not sure. No, I don't think they do. And what what kind of a you know, I don't know spoil for anyone who's not seen it, but what kind of a character is she and and yeah. what's her role in it? No, that's fine. It's not really much of a spoil uh, much of a spoiler, but Joanne is like she's she's a loving character because she plays Geronicus's wife, Geronicus, who is played by Justin Cornwell, but then later on played by Forrest Whitaker um, as the older and younger Geronicus. Um, yeah, she's, she's caring, she's nurturing. She sort of, she sort of puts everyone together. If you know what I mean? I think she's the glue that, that brings everyone together. And there are these two big characters, um, Geronicus, and Jessica, who are very similar and who have similar energies and, and similar lights. And Joanne is, is the one in the middle who is just trying to keep everyone together, keep everyone nurtured and loved up. And, and I think um, she's such a crucial character because, you know, as time goes on, I won't spoil the movie too much, but as time goes on, um, you get to see just how important an element she was in Geronicus's life. Um, so yeah, I think she's definitely the glue that holds everyone together. <laughs> mm, nice. Uh, this day is is the song you perform. Um, it's actually my second favorite song on the. <laughs> Unfortunately, sorry. No, no, no worries. Uh, which I know the... exactly what it's like, so don't even worry. What's your? <laughs> my favorite is the is the is the one with the dance off. The 
okay. I see. Okay. So you have a little I hope bit. You understand. <laughs> No, that makes complete sense to me. Every single person um, from, you know, from our part of the world has yeah. the exact same thing. Has <laughs> the Afrobeat section, you know. So. That, 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 was, uh, that was surprising. That, I didn't even expect that. If I was watching that in the, in the cinemas, I would have been going wild. I know, I know. I know, honestly, it was for me, because obviously we don't get to see um, the full cut really until... Uh, um, everything happens but for me it was seeing forest dance I was like you go forest like right <laughs> this is your screen debut isn't it yes yeah it oh is. fantastic congratulations H- how did that come about um well it came about through many auditions so um a few friends of mine at um Hamilton so the show that I do full-time is Hamilton and we were sort of in the middle of a show and I saw a friend of mine reading a script and I was like oh that looks interesting what is that and um she was like oh it's this thing called Jingle Jangle you should definitely get your um agent to put you up for it and I was like okay cool um because I think in this industry one of the main things is just like going for things and just asking and knocking on doors and you're probably knocking on more doors than doors that are being opened to you Mm, right (laughs) um so yeah, I just kind of went for it without any assumptions about whether or not I was going to get it. And um, uh, they called me in for an audition. I auditioned once and then I auditioned a second time and then I auditioned a third time. And then after the third time, I met with the with the director, David E. Talbot. Is, is that sort of advancing stages or is that different yes, roles? So every time you um, you audition, they're sort of putting you for, further forward in like a okay. like callback final all all of those things um then eventually I met with the director and I remember I met with him in Shepherd's Bush in London and we just had this great conversation and we clicked and connected and um he was just like okay great um so we want you to work with us on the workshop so this was I think maybe January 2019 maybe even December 2018 I'm not 100% sure but it was around about these times like winter times and um and he we it, the film was still in its workshop phase so it wasn't fully fleshed out and we needed to get it from like from the written page to uh some a living body a living breathing thing mm-hmm. and so um we did the first workshop i think we did it at rada which is the royal academy of dramatic arts here in the uk and then we did the second workshop um, at a film studio um, here in the UK. And then we did the third workshop at the same film studio as well. So it, it took a while, but even then I still hadn't gotten the job. It was just more, I was like just in the workshop. So, you know, now you get an idea of what actors go through. Mm. <laughs> you never know that you've got the job sometimes for months on end. Um, and then it wasn't until after the third workshop that they offered me the role. So it was just, um, yeah, it was, it was just wonderful to be able to go through that ex- experience, um, regardless of how long it was. <laughs> I noticed um, that everyone sort of was able to keep their accents. Um, I guess because of the kind of setting it is, it's a it's a fictional setting. So is is that the idea? Yeah, that's the idea. I think that I think this is the thing. I feel like sometimes when you put things into t- boxes you limit yourself as to how much fun you can have. And I think the beautiful thing about this story. Um, 
about Jingle Jangle is that it, it was just like, why can't a, a black scientist be well-traveled and uh, be an American who's married to a British woman or an American woman, or and they're here in, in, in Britain, in Norwich, actually, to be precise, um, and they have interactions with people from all over the world. In fact, if you watch the film quite carefully, there are some little hints as to where Geronicus may have traveled. I won't, I won't spoil that. I'll have to watch again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There are some hints and there are pretty cool places that Geronicus may have traveled to. Right. So I think it's important because I feel like immigration is not this like, as in migrating is not this brand new thing that is just now happening and people are of it but actually migration has been happening for centuries for years and years and centuries and um and you know people of color were a part of that um, right. for, i mean um sometimes forcefully and but <laughs> yeah. just through our own willingness and wanting to travel so um i think it's beautiful to sort of come outside the box and i think that's what jingle jangle does <laughs> you mentioned the, the different um people in the, the mix in terms of having the different the black people in there, I, I don't know. Many times you feel like you watch something and people are actually trying to make a point, and this one didn't feel that way. Yeah, I think that's another great thing. It's telling us. I, I mean, I don't know how um, how you know truthful I can get on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Please <laughs> go ahead. There's something to be said about telling a story about a black man that's not. Um, a black story like I, I don't know if, if that makes sense right. um, it, it's not about it's not about issues that are exclusive to the black experience mm -hmm. it's just about hum humanity and and not to say that you don't want to see color because we do see color and that's it's a reality of life but I think there's something beautiful in just saying this is a story about a man who loved and lost mm -hmm. every single human being in the world has experienced that whether you're black or white or asian or whatever it is you've experienced this and i think i think that's what good storytelling does it brings everyone into the mix um regardless of what people look like and i think that's where stories are going now um well i hope i pray that's where stories are going <laughs> Um, when, you know, you don't have to look a certain way to tell a story because it's a story. <laughs> right, right. You said this was done, obviously, pre-pandemic, right? Yes, very pre-pandemic. Okay. What was it like making that transition from from stage, which which is your which is where you work predominantly, to screen? Oh, it was it was it was a transition. <laughs> Um, so basically, I when we started filming, it was around end of April last year into May, I was basically still in Hamilton. I was still in the show and I left Hamilton for a month uh, so we could do the filming. But it was just one of those things where as soon as I left Hamilton to go to set, I had to like switch off this thing in my head that was like, you know, because in live theatre, you can you have to rehearse for four weeks. You you go through scenes over and over again over like a number of days, and you have time to sort of dwell on something. Um, the only thing that was remotely close to to the show life was was singing the song, right? right. So we sang the song, we performed it, and we rehearsed that number. 
for a couple of weeks, which was kind of similar. But when it came to like doing the scenes, um, it was very much a, the director would, you know, at, at 10, 10, no, not 10 a.m. So like at 7 a.m. you get the script, right, for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're learning that script because you know at 1, 1 p.m. you're gonna be doing that script. Um, and so, um, you know, 7 a.m. you get the script, about nine, you you get told, you know, where you're supposed to go, how you're supposed to move and, right. and rehearse it maybe once or twice, and then it's showtime. So it was kind of like, I was so used to having weeks and weeks and weeks of rehearsal for just one scene. Mm. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, you've got minutes and minutes and minutes <laughs> to wow. rehearse for the scene, go, 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 go. So I think my brain kind of had to um, adjust to that. Um, and also with film, things are a lot smaller. As a theatre performer, you kind of have to perform to the person who's furthest away in the auditorium because they've paid for their ticket too. So right. you are, you know, it's like to be or not to be, mm. you know. Um, but with film, everything is a lot smaller because the camera and the microphones pick everything up. So you have to bring it all the way down. So mm, no exaggeration. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And as you see, I speak with my hands. So it was very. <laughs> Those hands down, Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was definitely an education, but it's something that I I I love and I've been um, studying um, hmm. since then. So it's it's very important to me. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because um, working in journalism uh, as a as a TV correspondent, when we go out to film. Uh, we usually have a, a bit where you have to do what we call a piece to camera, which is where the correspondent talks to the camera. And for years, I still couldn't do it properly. I, I'm usually just saying about probably three sentences and maybe you have to walk in a certain direction and make reference to something that's being seen. Um, but I would do 10 takes on just these, you know, these three three sentences or four sentences. So I'm trying to imagine what it's like now, you know, cramming a script I feel you. It's it's a lot. Like, but but I think it's a it's a muscle, right? That you that you grow and you practice. And it's like with everything, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Um, but nowadays, because of um, the lockdown and and because of COVID nineteen, everyone is now becoming like, you know, adept at like the filming stuff. Mm-hmm. Because we now have to audition in our homes, and so sometimes you get a day. And you get given like three pages of script and they're like, okay, great. You've got to learn it and you've got to send it over tomorrow. So it's just, again, it's a muscle. You really have to train yourself because this thing is not easy. <laughs> right. And and I guess one thing I then learned in, 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 in getting better with my pieces to camera was actually that you have to internalize what you're saying, not just say it, not just a cram it and repeat it, but internalize it and say it as if you believe it. Yeah. I, I don't know if it works the same way. <laughs> Oh, it's definitely, definitely the same. Um, just becoming the character, um, which is like on my side of, of things, um, becoming the character, figuring out who, like giving a background to your character before you even read the script, because otherwise it will like, it will just be Sharon reading the line as opposed mm. to the character is, is I'm auditioning for. So yeah, it's right. heavy. <laughs> right. And, and you mentioned Hamilton. You also yeah. worked on Motown. So how long have you been doing theater so i've been doing theater for five or six years now um i started in about in 2000 yeah 2015 so five years yeah um but it's it feels like longer because um 
in the West End, when you get a job, it's, it's sort of like you do a contract for a year and you're doing eight shows a week for a whole year. And so it feels that year feels like years and years and years because <laughs> like Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's like Groundhog Day. You're going crazy because you're doing the same thing over and over again. But um, it's such a beautiful experience because it's like going to camp with with good people and having fun and spending all your time with people and then saying goodbye to them and meeting a new group of people that you're going to spend mm-hmm. every day with. So, um, yeah, it's really it's it's a good experience. It's fun. How do you go about losing the the intensity or the momentum of it when you're when you're doing the same show over and over? Uh, yeah. How do you get that out? Honestly, that's that's something that like actors struggle with on a on a regular basis, right? Because what you don't want is to um, to feel like you're not reacting anymore. Because as you probably know, acting is reacting. <laughs> <laughs> so to feel like you're not reacting anymore because it's so so mundane and you're just experiencing things and you're sort of going through the motions and it's it's a it's a it's a bad day when an actor notices that they're doing that but one of the things that helps is the fact that you've got a different live audience every single day and I always say that the audience is like another character on stage because they're experiencing these things for the first time. And so at times the audience will find something funny on Tuesday that the audience on Wednesday didn't find funny. Mm. Um, and so you, you sort of get a really good interaction. And I think for me, what I try to do is not to play to the audience, but to to enjoy the audience as they enjoy the show as right. well. Allow myself to enjoy and know that these people are completely different. Um, yeah, and sometimes it helps to have different people on stage too because um, with live theatre, you know, sometimes people go off sick or they're not feeling well or something. So we tend to have different characters on um, and they will play the character, the same character that was being played yesterday with someone else. They'll play that character differently okay. and get a different connection with that person. And so, yeah, live theatre is very exciting, albeit repetitive. <laughs> So which are your, which are the ones you've enjoyed the most? Which, uh, which productions? Um, I, oh gosh, I, I've loved all of them because each of them have had something different. Um, but I think my favorites would have to be Motown um, and Hamilton. Yeah, I've, I've loved being a part of of this show and it's such a it's such a living breathing organism um I don't know if you've ever watched Hamilton before but not yet yeah you definitely should let me know come down whenever you come down let me know and I'll try to come in and watch because um yeah we can we can get some discounted tickets so super (laughs) um Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's a living, breathing organism. And the show is from start to finish, there's no moment to pause because it's it's to a click track. Um, and people tend to go, oh, I don't really like musicals. I'm not sure if I'm gonna like it. Mm. And then they come in to watch Hamilton and they're like, this is not what I expected. Right. <laughs> Sorry, what's a, what's a click track? So a click track is basically like, um, a computer plays like a, a background of it's like a god it's like it's like a backing track of sound effects okay um, so at certain points in the show there are certain sound effects that come on uh... and they come on at that time so you can't pause a little longer right. you can't 
think you just you have to keep moving right. otherwise a gunshot will be heard in a really quiet scene oh, wow. <laughs> it's like you you really have to be on the ball and front-footed at all times um but yeah Hamilton is is very much one of those shows that people unexpected people love it you'll have like 80 year old men and women coming to watch this rap musical and be like oh my god I didn't know that about this part of history I didn't know this about this part of history there's it has just such a wealth of information that people from like 10 to 80 will understand so it's um yeah it's a very it's a beautiful show nice um so all of this was going on and then the year 2020 hit and how did that affect work for you yeah um well on march 16th we all went into work at 6 p.m because that's the time that we arrive at work the show starts at 7 30 we arrive at 6 p.m to warm up to get ready to stretch um and you know fix any kinks that happen in the show and it was just an eerie energy and our stage manager was like um guys could we just have everyone on stage unfortunately the show is has been cancelled for tonight and for a show to be cancelled i promise you it takes it 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 takes like a mountain being moved Mm. (laughs) or something like the west end does not cancel a show unless something really bad has happened and so the energy was very much it was very weird i think Mm. hamilton had hadn't cancelled a single show since it opened three years ago Um, so we were very weary and worried and concerned. Um, and about a week later, we were told that we weren't going to be, it was like an indefinite thing, um, which then meant because we are self-employed, it meant that financially we're not going to be having that support anymore. Mm. Um, A lot of people here in the UK who are employed, will be on the PAYE system in the UK, which meant that they got support from the government through their employers um, to get paid an 80% stipend of their their income. But if you're self-employed, you didn't get that. And so the government didn't make that clear in terms of uh, self-employed people at the very beginning. And so two weeks outside of work, the government hadn't said anything about self-employed people we were all freaking out (laughs) at that point we had no idea um how we were gonna support ourselves how we were gonna feed our families how we were gonna pay our rent all of these things and mortgages and so it was just a whole new world i think um we we weren't we definitely were not ready for it um eventually the government sort of um came together and, and helped us but i think there was a good two weeks where people were like it's wow it's, uncertainty uncertainty yeah concern oh um so what what then happened to to i mean did you have to did productions have to adapt to 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 not being able to meet what what exactly happens when when theaters are not open what happens to live performers um many of us found new jobs Many of us um, ended up working in Sainsbury's, Tesco's, um, doing finding maybe office work that you can do at home. Um, 
others found different ways to cope. Um, some started brand new businesses, um, which I was one of those. And I just think like, you know, not to say that that artists ever should have to do this, but, but we definitely went into survival mode um, and started finding different ways to earn because it literally was like everything had shifted. Um, and we we couldn't make money the way that we've we've always made money and this is like our training right so imagine a doctor being told you can no longer be a doctor Um, overnight yeah overnight what are you gonna do you know and there was a huge campaign here in the UK um which was like you know everyone just has to retrain um and find something else which seemed so like mundane and seemed like, you know, you can retrain overnight and then just immediately become uh, a lawyer or Mm -hmm. something. (laughs) Um, But actually we were like, well, no, we've been doing this our whole lives. First of all, I have to get over the fact that I can't do what I love anymore. Uh, Then I have to find what else I like, whatever else I can do. Um, And so, yeah, it's just been a roller coaster ride of emotions over here my gosh that is difficult that that must have been quite a blow um so and and still the same yeah yeah theaters i mean theaters have been trying to find ways to um put on shows uh but at times because um they need to break even a lot of theaters haven't been able to open up so the ones that have been able to open up are the ones that are big enough to possibly hold a thousand people socially distanced right and those are the ones who maybe have a like a two two thousand five hundred people capacity and they're few and far between mm. so um theaters have been trying but then the tier three system came came in which meant that they had to shut down again, which all of this uncertainty is a financial burden, right? On on producers and companies and performers. Um, so everyone is trying to adjust, but because we just don't know what tomorrow is gonna bring, that uncertainty is so difficult to work around. I guess obviously people have to people have to survive and and, and deal with the here and now, but when you look forward, what what happens to this career of yours that is looking was looking up until until this point (laughs) who knows no no I'm kidding I don't yeah I don't know I feel like to be quite honest with you Tony like my entire career has been uh, just a ball of unknown I'm an accidental actor um I my bachelor's degree is in history I traveled as a performer as a singer uh, and songwriter and I was gigging and things like that and so acting and performing has kind of fallen fallen into my lap accidentally and it's one of those things that I've fallen in love with um, but I didn't know I could do for a very long time in my life so I feel like even with 2020 my career has always been uncertain anyway right. <laughs> so um, I'm kind of I kind of I'm just leaving it up to God and whatever happens, happens. Um, If 2020 means that this career will no longer move forward, I've had the best experience of my life, right? Um, If 2020 means that my career will move forward, then great, I get some brand new challenges and I get to to do new things. Uh, But either way, 
um, everything up until now has been a happy surprise. So I think I'm just going to continue to wait for all the happy surprises I'll get in the future. Right. And now you say you're exp exploring business. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I started a business. Um, it's basically an e-learning platform, a brand new e-learning platform um, where we created. So where Zoom is like a, is like a boardroom, what we created was a classroom. Um, and something that emulates the classroom and gives the teacher the predominant control and make sure that students can sort of, ha you know, have their lesson without any distractions. Um, and yeah, we sort of created it from scratch um, with a web developer. And what we're planning to do, what we're hoping to do is bring the West End to people all over the world using this e-learning platform. So um yeah that's that's what i'm doing so yeah. not launched yet though i mean it is it is launched okay. um um yeah so we are bmajor.com uh, as in b-major.com and um yeah we provide services with west end performers teaching young people from all over the world um acting skills and um we provide live sessions and pre-recorded sessions um and it's with some of the top west end performers um teaching you not just dance acting and singing but also confidence building so you don't have to be a performer uh, you can just be someone who maybe needs to boost their confidence a little bit um we're, we've we've got that available and it's for children between the ages of 16 to 18 so if you have any kids who want to boost their confidence and um maybe want to be performers please bring them through <laughs> nice that's good to hear good to hear that you're you're not standing still um you do have more of a musical background yeah i do how, how I did do. how did that come about um well my parents met when they were in a band when they were younger so i think we were kind of destined to <laughs> to be singers and to, to play um so yeah my my parents met in a band and Growing up, they would take us to rehearsals and we would be in there writing songs and creating things. And I remember I wrote my first song when I was, I think, seven or eight. And it was just me and my my friend whose parents were also in the band and we just created something right there and then. Um, and so, yeah, my siblings and I would travel together around the country and perform at gigs wherever they, they wanted us to go. So it was kind of in the genes, I would say. Nice. Nice. And, and and you're still recording, aren't you? Yes, I am. So I am writing and recording right now. Um, uh, I should have an EP out sometime next year. I really hope I do. Um, but yeah, it's it will be a sort of funk soul um, type of EP. So I hope people will enjoy it when it does come out. <laughs> um, I was I was um, searching through on, on, on Spotify and I saw, did you have a single on there? Yeah, I do. So I have Honest a single. Mistake. Yeah, I have a single called Honest Mistake. I released that single many, many moons ago. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think maybe in 2013 was the first, was, was when I released that. Um, and then I quickly like removed a lot of the music that I had on my socials because I kind of wanted to um, release my new sound and what it actually sounded like so that people can can get to know me right um, so yes next next year sometime in spring hopefully people will be able to hear 
what I sound like. <laughs> okay, so spring 2021, looking forward to that. And that is it. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for, for making the time to, to speak to us. Man, anytime. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's been so lovely to chat to you. Follow Sharon Rose on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is at Sharon Rose Live. The online performance arts academy she spoke about is bmajor.com. That's b-e-major.com. And if you haven't seen Jingle Jangle yet, check it out on Netflix. And that's a wrap for this first episode of Milepost Podcast. I'm Tommy Oladipo. Until next time, choose.